Well, hello, everybody. Uh, welcome back to another season of Life in Phases. My name is Matt. I am uh, really your host today. Uh, if you've been with us over our, our time with Life in Phases podcast, you know it's been me and it's been Emily. Well, sadly, well, exciting for her, sad for us. Uh, Emily recently got a job where it kind of took her away from doing the podcast. Uh, so there will be times when it's just me and there will be times when there's a, a special guest podcast host um, with us too. So I'm excited about that. Looking forward to this season. And we're going to be talking about young adults and specifically um, an age group post-college that that really feels like they have so many questions and so many directions that they could possibly go. So if you're a young adult and you're listening to this, we're so glad that you are one, that you're in this phase Two, that you've decided to um, listen in in the midst of all of your other podcasts that I'm sure you're talking, listening to. So with that, I got two fantastic guests with us today. Both are involved in the young adult ministry here at Eastview Christian Church in Normal and Bloomington, Illinois. We're in central Illinois. It is nasty outside today weather uh, just because of that, because it's Illinois and Illinois is Illinois. So I want to introduce to you, Josh and Annie. Hey guys, how are you? Hey Matt. Hey, doing well. Hey, good to see you guys all here in our little, uh, little studio. Can yeah. We just call it a studio. It's, our worlds are colliding right now. Usually I'm with you in the junior high, yeah. but now you're with me in the young adult realm. Yeah. So you know what? If you're a, you know, original listener to the pod, then <laughs> you know that Josh has been with us when we did the junior high uh, podcast. So probably one of our most popular. Oh, really? I don't, I don't know. He's just saying that you. to be I, nice. I am just saying <laughs> that. I literally got zero. I really, <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm sure we've got a couple of people out there that recognize it, but uh, Annie, this is your first time. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. It's good. It's good. So um, what we do here to start off is just kind of get to know you a little bit. So we'll start with Annie, um, chivalry. You know, oh, thank you. It's not dead. It's not dead. It's not dead. <laughs> so keep it going. Um, young adult dudes, sh- Google chivalry, sh- shiv- chivalry. You got it. Okay. It might be dead in pronunciation, but it's still alive in meaning. <laughs> well, if you, if you want a flashback, we did this with, um, I say elementary, really weird. Mm. Elementary. That is really weird. Elementary. I'll, I'll, Wait, uh, how do you say elementary? Do you say well, elementary? I don't know now elementary? because I've been working on it so hard. I say elementary. I Element- feel like if you pronounce but it the I, right way, it's weird. Uh, I say elementary. I feel like that's weird. That's that fine. It's, I mean, it's, it's probably non-traditional, but it's, yeah. go for it. Chivalry. Sh- chivalry. Shiv- elementary chivalry. Elementary. Okay. So, Annie, tell us, <laughs> how did you get to ECU and, and kind of what your story is and why you're involved with young adults here at ECU, like what that looks like, and even what you do as a career here. So my story and how I got here, um, I will try and keep it short for time's sake, but I, so I studied graphic design for my undergrad. I took a year off after that because I didn't really see myself pursuing that. Um, And in my year off, I went to live in Australia Ah. and uh, that's where my mom's family lives down under. That's correct. Put another shrimp on the bobby. Oh goodness. (laughs) No. You have a kangaroo (laughs) while you're No, sorry. That was like. Dumb and dumber. Yeah. That's yeah. okay. That's what I, never mind. Anyway. Um, yeah. So I took it, I took that year off. I went and lived with my mom's family who lives in Sydney. And through that year off, God revealed to me that I was being called into ministry full time. So I, while I was there, I actually helped start a young adult ministry and became really passionate about that. So then I started looking for different training programs and things in the States. And 
I found Eastview on a Google search. So never heard of Eastview, didn't know she existed. And uh, yeah, I found it on Google. So I applied for the residency program with young adults um, two years ago now, must have been 2019. And so I came here for that. And then midway through my residency, I was offered a full-time video position. So that is what I do now. I'm the videographer here at Eastview. It's been a crazy story just to where I am today, but I'm, I'm grateful. That's good. That's good. So you work full-time here, um, but you serve with young adults. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. And you are a young adult yourself. Yes, I am. That's good. So, (laughs) um, needed to have that. So one of the things that we do here is we ask for a fun fact and your favorite place to go eat in Bloomington normal. Okay. So what's your fun fact? Uh, my fun fact is, well, it was that I lived in Australia, but I can give a different one oh, wait, since I kind of revealed that. You did that. You did. Yeah. Okay. But okay. I, uh, I was a barista for two years. Oh. So that's kind of fun. Okay. Um, I love coffee. Matt and I have connected over that before in the we past. Have. Little yeah. coffee club we have going on. Yep. Shout out to Cooper as well. Yeah. Um, what, where were you a barista? What city? Um, in Indianapolis and in Sydney. Okay. Yep. Both. Yep. Wow. Yeah. How cool would it be to be like, oh, I was a barista. Sydney. <laughs> that- they take their coffee very seriously there. Mm. So it is, it's yeah, kind of a different league, not okay. to, not to boast, but kind of, it's a, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. So yeah. what, what's your favorite spot to go? If you're going to go eat somewhere here, where would that be? I frequent Ancho and Agave. Okay. Yep. That's one of my favorite mm. places. I, I think that's been one that's been mentioned before. It's yeah. a good one. I also love Epiphany Farms, Andrew above. That's mm. a bit more of a special treat, but yeah. Ancho is definitely my choice. So with Ancho, I've discovered the Nashville hot chicken. Yes, it's good. Oh man. It's really good. It, I don't usually like hot things, um, but it's good. All right. So Ancho would love to mm-hmm. have tacos um, next time we do a podcast. So Josh, tell us how you got here and we know that you are involved in junior high, but tell us a little bit about how you're involved in young adults and what you do. Yeah, so, I mean, I grew up in Bloomington Normal, moved here when I was six, so basically grew up here, um, went to school around here as well. I went to Lincoln Christian University for two years, and then uh, when I came on staff at ECU in the junior high, I started taking classes at Moody Online, and then in May when I graduated, I became the young adult pastor here at Eastview, and so I do both junior high and young adults, and so before that, I was involved in the young adult ministry just as like a small group leader, would go to events and uh, just be a part of the greater community, and now get to be the pastor of this community. And so it's really fun. So I get to work alongside Annie and a lot of our awesome other young adults here at Eastview. And yeah, that's a little bit about how I got here. That's not, good. It's not as fun as going to Australia. <laughs> hey, Townie. But you know, Townie's good. Townie's good. Tell us something, a fun fact about you, even though you've already done this in the past, but what's yeah. something else? Okay. I think I, I didn't share this last time. Okay. I was a manager at Grady's Family Fun Park. Oh, yeah. Like the local, local fun park in local. Bloomington Normal. That's yeah. right. Shout out Grady's. So they got go-karts, mm-hmm. bumper boats, mm-hmm. and really lame adult rides. There you hey. go. Hey, that, that really drags fun. me right in. <laughs> it drags <laughs> you right in. <laughs> I'm all about and it. And then I'm convinced, and this is probably more for nostalgic reasons than anything, but the best Mexican in town is Fiesta Ranchero. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's just okay. the go-to. I, I like Ancho a lot. I like all Mexican food, but... My family grew up on Fiesta. It's the goat too. There you go. It's the goat too. It's the goat. Uh-huh. Oh gosh! All right, moving on. Uh, <laughs> sorry for all of our listeners. That was bad. So, hey, Josh, want you uh, mm. to to kind of define what young adult ministry looks like here at Eastview? 
you give us a picture like what does age look like? What does dynamics within this look like? What do we do here? How does that work? Yeah, I think young adults can be a tricky demographic to define at times because it's full of a lot of different life stages and ages. But what we would define it as is mostly post undergrad um, young adult or would be who a young adult is. So it's typically in your 20s. I would call you probably a young professional. So people who are entering their first Yo career. Yo pro. Yo pro. So with that, I mean, you could be 23 and you're now a young adult because you went to ISU for four years and now you're entering the adult world. Or you might be 19 and went to trade school and now you're entering your life. And so you're more of a young adult. I like to think of it as where's your community? So if you live on campus and you're going to school full time, your community is other college students. But if you're in the, if you're working, you're in the professional world, your community is mostly young adults or adults at that point. So that's kind of what that looks like. It it varies from young singles to young marrieds. Um, I'd probably say the cap of a young adult is probably about the age of 30. So okay. once you read that point, you're you graduated from the young. You're mm-hmm. now an adult. Yeah. Um, you're no longer an adult in training. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about the age and phase. But yeah, it is a tricky one just because people come at it from different angles. Mm-hmm. I mean, people used to go to four-year college pretty predominantly now, and now you get a like a million different routes to what it looks like to become an adult now. So, yeah. Well, and it's always been like, okay, did we start this at 18? Yeah. You know, like when exactly is that movement? And I know we've had a lot of discussions about that too, as a, as a staff, like, what does that look like? I'm really glad that we've landed on that. Cause I think that post-college time is really yeah. important and needed. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk a little bit later, obviously about some of the barriers and achievements and all that for young adults, but there's differences between being in college and entering into the adult world. So it's good to have two separate spaces for that. Yeah, that's good. So so with that, like both of you being in that this phase, uh, life and phases, like be, being in there, like what what does this phase mean to you as, as you're both in it? Like what is, Annie, what does it mean to you socially, emotionally, spiritually to be in this time of, of young adulthood? I think probably if I could pick one word, for young adulthood, it would be transition. Okay. I just think everything's transitioning, like relationally, it could be spiritually, physically, you could be transitioning to a new job or, you know, you leave school and um, I feel like it's no longer, it, it could be this, you get one job and you work it for the rest of your life. Like a lot of people are switching careers and locations, you know, people are getting into dating relationships or even getting married at this phase of life. So it, there's just a lot of transitions that happen. Um, but that can be a really beautiful thing too. I think God uses this kind of fluid time in our life to shape us and, and grow us in ways that we couldn't when we were in high school or college or kind of doing the same thing. When did you feel that? Like this is a transitional time. Like when was it that, that kind of hit you where you're just like, Oh wow, there's a lot that's going on. That's going to be transitional in the coming years. I don't know that there is one specific time, but I think even for me, like graduating college, I chose not to go right into the workforce. So I did take a year off and then I kind of had a blank slate. And I Mm. I think that's kind of the beauty of young adulthood is, is for a lot of people you get to choose. It's like, well, what do I want to do? You have that freedom. Whereas you might've entered college thinking I'm going to study this or, you know, but then afterwards it's like, well, I can kind of do anything, you know, Mm. obviously there's some privilege that comes with that, but Um, yeah, so I think just as I started my young adult years and then even coming to Eastview, it was like, well, I'm, I'm coming here. How long am I going to be here? What am I doing here? There's just a lot of questions and transitions for, for better and for worse. Mm -hmm. So that's good. That's good. So Josh, what what are your thoughts on that? Like, what does this this phase mean to you? 
Yeah, I think Annie hit it right. The nail right on the head with the transition side of it. So don't really need to elaborate too much on that. But I really like how you set up the blank slate side of it. I mean, you're really entering into the first phase of your life where you really do have a choice on what your next steps are and where your destination is. Like, it's no longer determined by your parents or even really your close friends anymore. It's where do you feel like God's calling you? What do you feel like the type of person you want to become is? Who do you envision yourself being at the age of 30 and how are you going to get there? Um, and so, like, even as I entered young adulthood, I didn't know I would be in this spot two years ago. Like, I came on staff at ECU, was part-time, was doing junior high stuff. I didn't know young adults would be something. I didn't know I'd even be at Eastview past two years from now. But I got to figure out where I wanted to be, what I thought my core longings and desires were. And uh, now I get to establish for myself what I want my future family to look like or what I want out of a future marriage or where I want to be locationally and vocationally. Like all these things, you have a blank slate of choices. Not that you can't start carving that as a high schooler or even as a college student, but there are usually a little bit of safeguards there. And now it's kind of like the whole like mama bird pushing you out of the nest, like go fly. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you're going to be successful in all of it. There's going to be trials and failures through it. Um, but it's, it's a really exciting time because of that. Cause you finally get to, it's the moments you've dreamed of for so long. I'm going to be the, everyone asks you who you're going to grow up to be, right? Like they might ask you where you're going to college and what you're going to do, but it's mainly who you're going to be when you're an adult. Yeah. Right. And so now <laughs> you've hit that phase and you might not be there yet, but you really get to start building towards that ideal world. And mm-hmm. so. It's a really exciting time, I think, but it's also kind of nervous, too, because they don't, I don't know, you don't really fully get trained on how to live on your own. (laughs) You know, you don't really, like some parents do a really great job of that, but other times it's kind of like, okay, what does it mean to balance a budget? Yeah. Like, what does it mean to go get a mortgage or to have, like, Mm -hmm. how should, what should I look for when I buy a car or or when I get a job, what kind of health benefits do I, like, there's all these Mm -hmm. questions where it's like, I didn't take a freshman 101 class on this yeah um so you just kind of got to figure it out but it's exciting because if you can find a community of other young adults in that phase too it's encouraging and challenging to know like hey they're in this with me too and then the beauty of a place like eastview is there's people who have done more life than us in the 30s 40s and 50s who want to pour wisdom back into you Mm -hmm. and so this isn't a journey on our own where you got a trial by fire and fail on your own there's people who can help you along the way yeah that's good that's good so so within that i remember like August, like the, the August after I graduated from college. And I remember students are coming, going back, people are doing their thing. And I remember sitting on my couch in this house, I live with five other dudes and thinking to myself, oh, wow, it just got real. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what do I, what am I doing? What do I, what do I do today? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I had like a part-time job where I went around and cleaned up wood from a construction site. Yeah. And I'm like, what is this? And so there was this like, longing that I had mm-hmm. in my heart for something. I didn't know what it was though. Mm-hmm. And, and throughout these podcasts, like we've been talking about like what a deep longing is for each phase. What, what would you say like a deep longing is for young adults right now? Um, I think it varies on a young adult, but one of the ones I'd say like in a very underlying, if you're peeling the layers of the onion back is stability. Okay. I mean, cause you are entering into like Annie said, this very transitionary time and I mean, a lot of us don't know what our job's going to be like two years from now or what our financial status will, or a lot of us are single and not married yet, or am I going to have a family? Where am I going to live? And um, it can be kind of anxious at times. Like I know I'm constantly thinking about what's next and it's really hard to live in the moment for that. And I think part of that's because you want stability. You think that if you're married, if you have a that job that's going to last five to 10 years, even if that's not the reality anymore, um, if I think I know where I'm going to live for the next 10 years, it feels like there's more peace there. I don't have to be anxious about what's next. Okay. So there's a level of like, I want stability. 
Okay. And even with your relationship with God, it's like, I want to feel firm in that. I don't want to feel mm-hmm. like I like some of the doubts that maybe you've crept into your mind, but you've never really dealt with. Well, now you're sitting alone in your apartment and you got to deal with that for once. Like mm-hmm. I want to feel some kind of safety and stability within that because I don't have my mom or my dad over my shoulder anymore. I don't have that youth leader who always kept up on me to make sure I'm okay anymore. It's mm-hmm. I got to do this. So what does stability look like even in that longing during a pandemic where <laughs> so much has been stability is just not a word we rely on right now. Mm. You know, everything's changing. Yeah. So I don't know if one of you could speak into that. Like what does that look like for this young adult phase when they want stability, they long for it, but man, it's hard to find. Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think there's some, there's a perfect answer to that question. Mm. I think that um, there are people, hopefully people in your life who are consistent Mm -hmm. enough and it might just be one person. Like maybe you have one best friend who you can rely on, you can call even if they don't live in town or whatever, or um, maybe you have one mentor, one family member. There's always some level of consistency I find, I think. Um, But obviously like Christ is the only constant Mm. to ever exist. Um, So that I think that the pandemic and just the way the world is going now is, is, invitation more than ever to dive into what a deeper, more intimate relationship with the Lord could look like Um, because so many things are changing, especially pandemic in young adulthood is just chaos kind of, Mm. right? So, And I think the tendency when you're feeling anxious or afraid or not sure what's next is to isolate yourself and to step away from community. So I feel like in a pandemic, you've seen some people embrace community. I need people around me to support me. And you've seen other people kind of retreat into their holes, retreat into where they're at. And so then you wonder, I mean, you start to see uh, the difficulties of going through life. Now, this is a little bit of transparency, but I thought about this in this moment too. I think part of the deep longings comes from maybe some childhood wounds or some Mm. things you've experienced. Because I'm thinking stability for myself. I had a very unstable childhood. So I probably want stability more than some other young adults do. And so maybe mm. I'm projecting that on someone, but someone else loves the idea that they get to move around in life right now. But mm. I love the idea that maybe I can forge my own path and have some stability there. And I can have a family that I don't have to worry about divorce or worry about moving from place to place for financial reasons or whatever. Like, I think that might be part of what young adulthood is starting to deal with those and then figuring out how, because there's a healthy side of that. Like there's a, there's a, there's a good part of that stability that I need. But there can be an unhealthy side of it where you seek certain jobs or you seek certain things because it'll fill that gap in your life when really that's not the most important thing either. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's a little bit of a projection to say stability, but I don't know what you would think, Annie, or even Matt on that. Yeah, that is one of the questions, or sorry, one of the answers that I thought of as well. But the, the top one that came to my mind was purpose. I think a lot of young adults are seeking to find like like we said before, they get to choose now. So it's like, okay, well, what am I going to be doing with my life? Whether they know Jesus or not, how am I going to make an impact in the world? How am I going to make my life matter, make things count? And so you start to seek for purpose. Okay. If you follow Jesus, you think, well, what's God's will for my life? Um, Which can feel like a daunting question when you think that it's just this one massive answer. But in reality, I think his purpose for lives of young adults is just, you know, you, you say yes to him every day. And along that, he will lead you to where you need to be. Um, but I think a lot of young adults, myself included, just look for that. Okay, well, what what's God calling me to? What's this you know massive work of my life? Well, it might be millions of little works. Um, but I think stability comes into that as well, because once you have your purpose, you feel 
stable probably in your faith and in your relationships because you know what God's calling you to do. Um, but I would just encourage young adults who are listening to this to not get caught up in the whole idea that there's just this one massive thing that you have to do with your life. Cause that's a lot of pressure, right? To a figure it out and b execute it. It just feels like it's too much weight on your shoulders. So I, I try and live by, I'm not perfect at this, but I try and live by, um, all the little yeses and, and God will obviously honor those and bring you to the bigger things that he, he wants you to do. Yeah. And the likelihood that at 25, you're going to do exactly what God, or maybe not exactly what God's calling you to, but like some bigger thing is probably unlikely. Like there's probably a, there's probably a journey and a process ahead of you and what you're doing at 40 might be different than what you're doing at 25, but mm-hmm. God might've called you to do what you're doing at 25 for a reason oh, yeah. yeah, to prepare, prepare you for that day. So it's not like you have to get to this end goal Mm-hmm. utopian view of your life like god might be calling you to various different spaces and places over your life and you just got to be okay with that yeah i think that's the hard thing too like because i'm 41 by the time this comes out i'll be 42 ooh, ooh. happy birthday Does that sound weird that sounds weird um anyway <laughs> but I, I remember 25 like i just wanted to be successful at something mm-hmm. and now i look back on it and i'm like man i wish there were things that i knew about purpose at 25 that would have helped me now but there are things also about 25 that made me who I am today. I'm yeah. grateful for it. So I don't know, like, so I guess like, hold on, you know, like just take in each moment. Yes. Yes. Like you said, Annie and, and thrive in that purpose. Yeah. I was just going to, I mean, if you want to elaborate more on that, like what would you say to someone, a young adult who's struggling with purpose or stability or any of these identity things, um, as a 22, 25, 26 year old. And what would you say to them now having done more life than that like Mm. how does that play into your long-term view of your life yeah don't be lazy I was so lazy as a young adult Mm. I was so like purpose to me was such a daunting challenge like I think that achievement was such a daunting challenge where I was just like I'm not even going to try at this point not to sound depressing but like there was so much in my young adult years where I was just like you know I've got like so much that I'm up against that I don't feel like I can accomplish this. So I'm just going to give up. Mm. Um, so if you're that, that kind of person too, like I just encourage you, like get off the couch, mm. um, shut off the video game and, and try to do something for yourself that will help you um, thrive. Mm. Um, so I don't know if that, if that works. Yeah, I just, I just wish I would have thrived more. Yeah. And I think sometimes it can be laziness or it could be like procrastination yeah, or that you've yeah. like, or like Annie said, you have to figure out that big thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's so daunting that you never do anything. Yeah. And it's not necessarily that you don't want to, but you feel paralyzed by it. Yeah. So maybe it's really just identifying what's that next step. Yeah. And at some point you're going to get to where you're supposed to be going. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, a, a really great phase, but it's also tough. You know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, and what would you guys say are like some of the barriers that are set up for them um, or for you? You know, what, what are things that you look at and you're like, I'm concerned about this and things that you're concerned and you feel that people that are listening should be aware of uh, that maybe they're not. Um, I mean, if you're thinking through a Christian lens, we probably one of the first generations to fully grow up and enter a post-Christian society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the idea of being a follower of Jesus is not, now it's not just a cultural thing that you can do. It's against the grain. It's against the norm. 
And so when it comes to building relationships with people, there can be some barriers that go up there um, from people. And you could also be the one who causes them at times. So you got to be aware of that. Um, it can be hard to find that kind of community then. I think the statistics right now are like 10% of people who grew up in the church stay in the church now or stay like devoted disciples of Jesus. So, I mean, that's, it's, it's difficult. It's, it's a real choice now to have to follow Jesus. Yeah. And that's and not to say it wasn't for people generations before. It's just a different culture you're entering into. Um, and then, I mean, like from a political or a societal standpoint, we're in such a polarized world right now where you're kind of told to pick a side or, mm. um, or you at least have to be in the midst of all this arguing and factions that we live in right now. And so there's disunity across the board. So what does it look like to, and turn to a, a world where there's so many different viewpoints and so many people arguing what's right and wrong, what's truth, what's in the, what's lies. Yeah. Um, so it's really confusing, especially when you haven't experienced that before. And then, I mean, for me, it's like, is this what the world's always been like? Mm. We just is, is this how it. it always is? Yeah, we didn't see it clearly uh, enough. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I don't know, it's just a different environment now. And we're also, I mean, we're the one who grew up with social media um, and are really ingrained in technology. And so there's like, weird social dilemmas now where people don't know how to interact in person anymore sometimes mm. <laughs> yeah. or like or addictions to phones or yeah. different coping mechanisms from covid that are overriding people like there's a lot of obstacles that when you really mm. think about it um and again each generation has their obstacles but i think we have different ones than even maybe people five to ten years ago mm. entering young adulthood did yeah well let's not end on that because um, <laughs> that would be tough because um, we do have a lot of hope mm -hmm. and I think that's the yes. thing is like within all of that, like what you just laid out, Josh, like there, there's something to be excited about major mm -hmm. achievements for this phase. You know, what are they? What, what excites you, Annie, about your peers and those around you for this phase? Yeah. I think the beauty about um, young adults kind of taking their faith into their own hands is that they, it becomes some really rich soil that they can, yeah. they can grow in. Like when you, when you get to choose like, yes, I want to follow Jesus with my whole heart and you're a young adult and you, you choose that for yourself, then you're developing a faith and like forging that path with the Lord that is yours. And I think that's a really special time in, in, in life because the way that you live out your faith in your twenties will inform how you live out your faith in your thirties and your forties. I'm not saying that from experience, but I'm just assuming um, <laughs> that as you get older, like, like kind of like you said, Matt, like the choices when you were younger, like they have, a, they have impacts into mm -hmm. as you get older. So I think faith prioritizing that now, it's not like, Oh, well, once I get married and have kids or, or have the career that I want, then I'm going to take Jesus seriously. It's no, you take Jesus seriously now and he's going to lead you to the great things that you desire for your heart. Um, so that's what I'm excited about for myself, for my peers. Like, what does it look like to really be all in with Jesus and, and forge that personal faith of your own and, and learn his voice and, and where he's calling you to. Um, I just get really excited about seeing uh, my friends do that, what God's calling them to do and to see them say yes to him and live it out. Like now's the time, um, if any, to do that. Yeah. I, I really appreciate you saying that because I see that like so often, in the last 20 years since I was a young adult, uh, I've seen people like enter into this like faith journey and it not be something that was so key. It was just a part of their lives. And it was maybe because of this or that and it falls short. Um, what this generation is doing, what this phase is doing is, is powerful in their faith. Yeah. And it's something that we, as you know, 
41 year old, 42 going into the podcast, um, <laughs> thinks and looks at and just really is challenged by that. And also excited about that. So Josh, what are, what are your thoughts? I, same thing. Like if you look at all the obstacles, it actually informs the hope that we have. Mm. Like the fact that there's so much opposition, again, it requires a deep personal choice about if this is the life you want to live. Mm-hmm. And if you've made that choice, you genuinely, genuinely want to follow Jesus. It's going to require sacrifice. It's going to require actual life change. And past generations, you can kind of skirt by by being a cultural Christian, go to church on Sunday, maybe be in a small group, maybe serve once a year and that's what your faith looks like. But mm-hmm. I think for most Christians or young adult Christians now, especially if they're really diving in, that's not enough. Mm-hmm. I want my whole life to be transformed by Jesus. I want every single day my life to be under his lordship. I want to be continuously formed by the Holy Spirit into his image. And I want my rhythms and my patterns in my life to be shaped by that. And I want my career choice. I want my family. I want my relationships. I want everything to be informed by that identity alone Mm -hmm. and i think that's a powerful thing if we have a generation of people even if it's smaller than past generations but that's the mentality they have following jesus i think the holy spirit's going to do some pretty incredible things through our generation and through the next generation um it's been said many times the church thrives when there's great opposition Mm -hmm. because it's really easy to get complacent when things are comfortable and really easy but the young adults are entering into a time when it isn't easy it's Mm -hmm. not easy to be a Christian necessarily. And so it really does force you to do some really cool things. And then life stage standpoint, like this is the age when you tend to get married and you tend to start a family. And so those are exciting things. Like I'm excited about that. I'm excited to own a home. Like there's those, those, those types of things. But I think the greater Lonnie, the greater mission is that um, because there's so much opposition to following Jesus, the sacrifice and the commitment that it takes to follow him it's going to produce real fruit Mm. real holy spirit led stuff and that we're going to look back on our lives i don't think we're going to regret the lives we lived Mm -hmm. okay that's really good guys i want to close up just by by thanking you guys for being on this podcast today and we really hope that you are encouraged by listening a couple things we want you to do first go follow us Um, you can follow us at eastview christian church on instagram um, you can check us out on Facebook, um, but also like Eastview Young Adults has a page yeah. and we'd love for you to check that out. That's um, Eastview, the little underline. Underscore. Underscore. Yeah. Underscore. Goodness. <laughs> YA. <laughs> yes. So Eastview underscore YA. We'd love for you to, to come and give us a follow on there and yeah. check out what we got going on here at Eastview. Thank you so much, guys, for being here and love you both and appreciate you guys. All of you that are listening out there, thanks for listening. And we will see you next time when we're going to talk about marriage as a young adult. We're going to talk about singleness as a young adult. We're going to talk about finding community as a young adult. A lot of great things coming up in this season, and we will talk to you next episode.